Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patrons, friends beyond the binary and patrons, uh, da da dee, started singing before I've gone off key, bada bada bee, my patron peeps, thanks for supporting the show. And uh, it, also, I guess because you don't listen, I don't know if I'm putting these in the patron feed, but we're doing, uh, I don't know if this look, I guess this should come out before the end of August, but we're doing a competition, spread the word by a uh, uh, country. And I think uh, right now it's like Australia, the Philippines, New Zealand, uh, and Thailand are uh, leading the way of, as countries that are where the show is growing the fastest. Uh, so spread the word, uh, patrons, if you can. Thanks so much. And uh, let's get on with the show. Sleep With Me is also made possible by the hard work of uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful Studios, who edits episodes and does our theme music, Carl W., who edits episodes. Uh, Jonathan Mann is on our lullabies. You can commission a song from him at song.jonathanman.net. Eric and the team at Astound are on our website. Uh, Scotty, Kenny, and Jennifer, I did it out of order, but they're on our honor, on our artwork uh, I'm at Dearest Scooter on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Sleep With Me is a pow- proud member of both uh, Night Vale Presents and PRX. You can check everything out at uh, nightvalepresents.com and prx.org. And you know who else I'm proud of is uh, our, our, list- our listener Facebook group uh, and the moderators over there. Uh, Laura and Keith, uh, Stacy and Sarah, Julie and Jennifer... And I believe that's it. Let's get on with the show. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, time, temperature, scheduling. I mean, anything having to do with scheduling. But, but like if you're working a second or a third shift, or your schedule's changed, you got schedule on the brain. That wasn't in that game. Because, what if there were? Here's the thing. I didn't think I would talk about this for the intro, but there used to be a, a, a board game. It actually wasn't a board game. It was called uh, Opera. Uh, I can't think of a way to describe it without a Opera op, uh, op, Opportunity. Uh, but it was a physical game. Like if you combine. Uh, anyway, let me get back. I'll, I'll try to get back to that because I was thinking. Well, we'll we'll get to it in a second. If you're new here, welcome. This is a podcast that goes off topic really fast. But it's also a podcast to to be here and to put you to sleep. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Also, I think I'll repeat myself accidentally when I get flustered or mixed up. Uh, and the way I'm going to do that is uh, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, uh, rustified meanders, uh, tangents, I'd say maybe once in a while I use some greasy tangents or well-greased tangents. Well-worn meta- metaphors, so well-worn that people say those are a bit worn out, uh, Scoots. A bit like your shoes and your sneakers and your, I'd say, yep, what, I like to be on the other side of well-worn uh, because, uh, I, I don't know, actually I don't even, I just find myself on, on the, uh, I think there could be an autobiography in there for gingerbread breasts. On the other side of well-worn. There you go. Has Rip Torn wrote a book about uh, Rip Torn's life? Because uh, I, could, I could sell that title to you. My life is Rip Torn. Or maybe it could be my life is a Rip Torn impersonator. I don't know if there is anybody out there. But that's an option. The other side of well-worn. My life impersonating Rip Torn. Maybe I could do that. Maybe that'll be my fourth or fifth act. Uh, See, what happened to that sleep podcast? Well, Scoots uh, really went, they call it niching down, I believe. Uh, He became a Rip Torn impersonator. And as beloved as Rip Torn is, I think his timing was a bit off. And so 
that's what happened to so yeah he's out he may be out there. he did write a book it was it was not, it was an imaginary book it was written and published within his imagination and he was also trying to do a podcast intro by the way oh thanks for bringing me back there scoots uh also, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt myself with myself, but I don't think we can do an Riptorn impersonation right yet. That's why one day we will. Okay. Anyway, if you're new, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. If you're really new, uh, just kind of sit back and see how it goes. This podcast doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, so kind of maybe passively observe it, like a rambling, uh, rip-torn impersonator who's without that's You say, well, you like, that would be a way, I guess it is a metaphor for the podcast. You say, well, you're not impersonating rip-torn, uh, or, and it's not, it's an impressionist. Actually, my life was rip-torn impressionist and the impersonator are two different things. And they say, okay, yeah, just kick back and wonder about that. Why, why wonder why? I became a riptorn, you know, why I've got that caught up in my brain cycles. So passively kind of observe the podcast, see how it goes. Doesn't work for everybody. For, for most people, it works for it. Takes a few tries. Here's the structure of the show. Starts off with some business. That's how we keep the show going. Then that's all at sleepwithmepodcast.com. Then uh, an intro, which is around 12 to 14 to 13 to 15 minutes where I try to explain what the podcast is in a verbose way, I'd say, uh, with uh, extra double, du- double the verbosity, uh, half the vocabulary, double the verbosity. Hardy hard. I don't even play. And uh, this time, sometimes, occasionally, extra Riptorn references. Just because Riptorn sounds good. Riptorn's an actor, by the way, uh, but also just a great name. Like, so, Riptorn is so Riptorn, you say, I don't even think about it, 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 like, until I say it 50 times. You say, wow, how, like, did you come up with that on the fly, or did you brainstorm, like, 800 names, and you said, that's the one? Well, you know, I, I would say probably it was the first one, but it could have been the second one. You say, well, it really gives insight into my, the human condition, which I'm trying to get at. And I love papyrus. Okay, so oh, so the issue there's an intro where I just talk a lot and I try to explain what the show is and I kind of demonstrate what the show is. And you can skip over the intro, but the majority of the listeners use it as they prepare for bed, or you know, as they're doing their wind down and their teeth brushing, and their animal petting. And they're bombing, you know, palm bombing, elbow bombing, you know, their shoulder padding, padding, not padding. Uh, maybe there's no shoulder pads in bed. Uh, so I'm thinking of like, what if, it, well, probably don't want to have uh, pajamas with shoulder pads. What about shoulder pillow? No, we'll just call them shoulder pillows. Also, sometimes my brain interrupts me with ideas during the podcast. That's a part of the intro and the whole podcast as a whole. So that's the intro. Then there's some business between the intro and the story. And then there's a bedtime story. Tonight we'll be talking about uh, Star Trek The Next Generation in a way that uh, mildly resembles the original TV show, which based in a loving appreciation of it. But mostly, you know, say, well, uh, you know, why did Data turn this way? Or what's up with Lore's outfit? It's th- things like that. And so that'll be, and then we'll have some thank yous at the end. So it's a structure show. A couple of things to know if you're new. You don't need to listen to me. You may have figured that out already. May have demonstrated that. I'm just here to keep you company. And that goes with the second part. No pressure to listen. No pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour. I make this show, one, because I've been there. Two, because, like, tossing and turning, overthinking, all that, not being able to fall asleep and wondering why or trying everything and getting frustrated and feeling lonely sometimes. So I'm, that's why I want to keep you company because I've been lonely in the deep, dark night. So this really has a lot of meaning for me, uh, which just now this intimacy just brought me off of my second topic, which I forgot because uh, I've been there. Uh, hmm. Forgetfulness is another part of the show. Uh, 
Yeah, but okay. Why? I, I don't know what I was talking about. I mean, but that's really why I make the show because I've been there. Why don't you need to listen? Why would it help you fall asleep? Uh, I don't know. I guess I was trying to make more. I was trying to go through a list, but that's the real reason I make the show is because I've been there and I want to help. I don't know. Let me go on to the other metaphor because I was thinking about that game. Did I give all the background? Yeah, basically, you don't need to listen to me. I'll be here whether you can fall asleep or not. I'll be here to the very end because I make the show as much as for people to quickly fall asleep if it works for them. As I do for the people that can't sleep. I'll be here till the end keeping you company. I think that's what I was meaning with that is like, uh, I'll be here. Whether you fall asleep fast or not, I'm here for you. But I was thinking about that game, the the operandi game. It was like you take a piece of tweezers, you take a built-in set of tweezers, and you take different things out. I don't. I never played the game by the rules. And they'd say water underneath, thousand dollar feet. That's the way the ad went. And you do the person you take out of like uh, the fun, the funny, uh, the funny elbow. And uh, it was, I was water, water underneath, thousand dollar feet. That was the only one. But it was like a game of like a steady hand. What was they saying? What brought up that game? Something about like I was thinking about people like uh, your gray matter. But what if there was another version? That's like the physical health version, an imaginary one. But what if there was one of your emotional and limbic, your lizard and mammalian brains, brain stem, all that other stuff that I might know nothing about? You know, you got your thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations sometimes related to your thoughts and feelings. What if there was a, so like a mental health version, a fun, positive mental health version, like you say, okay, can you get, can you get the malaise out for 500? And they say, well, I don't know what, I can't identify malaise. I mean, it can identify what it feels like in my love of saying the word malaise, but I can't find it. And they say, well, that's part of the game. Sounds more like something, it sounds like more like it, it needs to be uh, better developed. Oh, really? Tell me more. Wait, tell me more. Is that what I'm supposed to get out next? No, no, that's the card I have. It says, tell me more for 500. Oh, which one of us gets 500 points? Oh, tell me more about how you're, tell me more about how you're feeling about who gets the 500 points. Well, I'm feeling like I, if I'm the one telling you more, I should get the 500 points. Uh, but if you tell me what where malaise is on this game board, and I can get it out with these, I guess you wouldn't use tweezers because I've never been anywhere. Uh, what about a phlo- phlebotomy version? That's where you used to study. That, that could be another version of the game, or that could be the add-on, the phlebotomy. That, I think that's where you identify... Instead of reading someone's palm, you read, you say, well, okay, this little notch in your skull here, you know, tells me you're going to be, you're going to be so sleepy tonight, sleeping so good. But that could be, that could be a possible board game or board, you know, boring board game. Uh, I'm trying to think what else, you know, you do like, uh, dissatis- I guess that's malaise. Uh, I don't know. I guess in my game, I haven't written anything other than tell me more in malaise for my version, but I could kickstart that. Maybe we could get someone that actually knows how to do that. Like, uh, uh, Matthew from the oatmeal or something. I don't know. But, uh, so that's, uh, that's a good game pitch. I don't know how that's a metaphor for the podcast. Uh, other than the fact that I, I want to be here to help you, I, I guess that, that could be a game that like it's, it teaches you some sort of coping strategies or learning. And I don't know if this podcast is really meant to teach you anything more to validate. It really, I don't always say that word right up front. I try to keep it subtextual, but I, I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I also believe that it sucks that you can't sleep, and I'm sorry. And I'd like to help. Now, as I said, the spycast does not work for everyone. But that's why I make the show. As I said, like, I've been there. Uh, sometimes it's like waking up. Sometimes it's not being able to fall asleep. Sometimes it's like, what the heck? I uh, haven't had caffeine in 18 hours. Why can't I just drift off into dreamland? So that's why I make the show. I've been doing it a, a while now. 
And if you're new, give it a few tries and see how it goes. It's no pressure for the podcast to work for you or not. Uh, I'd just like it to help if it can or to keep you company if it can. I, I have a contingent of listeners that have very strong sleepless stuff. So they listen all the way to the end. And I have a contingent of listeners that listen during the day that say, hey, I need a little soothing during the day, a little distraction, or when I'm in traffic or whatever. Uh, so I'm here. I'm here to try to help. And I guess that's it. I appreciate you coming by and checking the show out or being here night after night. I'm glad I can help. Uh, and that's it. I work hard and I strive to help you fall asleep. Uh, thank you so much. All right, everybody, we're talking season four, episode three, Brothers. Uh, and this is my first lore episode, so it's out of order, but uh, this is my first taste of lore. Not the Aaron, lovely Aaron Mankey uh, podcast, uh, the, but the lore data's brother. And it's also more than one set of brothers in this episode. Uh, Two young, so it's like a story and a B story. But it's star date 4408-5.7. What year is it now? That's what I put. I didn't. I, I looked into the star dates. We'll cover that later. They're on a two-day liberty uh, on August 2. But a practical joke between the two children that are brothers, the two siblings, did not work out. And Riker's in the role of Dean of Discipline. Also, they said they had an arcade because that's where the practical joke took place. Uh, and I Googled it. I couldn't. There's so many. I guess it's such a general thing that uh, I couldn't find any deets on the uh, Enterprise D or whatever arcade. But they did play a laser tag. And that's when, the, like, a brother did something. Fruit of a Cove Palm. Kids' parents are on sabbatical, so free child care, if you're on sabbatical, you could go on sabbatical as a couple without your kids, which sounds pretty sweet. Two kids. Uh, can you imagine the, uh, you know, in a healthy relationship, the L-O-V-E that would be made on sabbatical? Uh, you better as well go to that planet that's well known for it. Uh, the planet's name that I forgot, but that's where everybody single goes, I think. Uh, but so both parents are on sabbatical. Yeah, think about it, Mr. Potts or Mr. Pitts is the kid's name. Is it maybe they mean Miss Potts uh, from uh, Beauty and the Beast there to run the uh, sabbatical care. And they said, did you call his parents? They said, oh, yeah, he's totally busted. Uh, they're fully aware of the situation. Data was the one who called the parents. Uh, and they say, you, you got to lift your brother's spirits. Uh, so the brother, uh, what's his name? Jake, uh, he's the one who's the tricker, not the tricky. He gets on to go apologize to his brother on the elevator with Data. I mean, I would say he re this kid really needs some time with Troy, too, both kids, uh, which is weird that she wasn't, she was in the, in, in the episode, but, uh, not in his hands-on role. I don't know, but, but the Betazoids only work best with adults. Uh, but no, we saw that. Uh, but of course, if your parents are on sabbatical without you, you're going to act out. Uh, they're two days away from Starbase to 416. That was also an Eagles song. It wasn't too famous. Uh, two days to Starbase 416 before this episode. Really a, a deep track of the Eagles. And speaking of the Eagles, there's music and sound effects as Data has it goes into glitch mode. And there's more music where you say Data's glitching. And I think the kid was making a face like, are you glitching or are you listening to me? And then the episode opens and uh, Data shows up on the bridge. Though he, I don't think he ever left. They go back so soon. And Data goes right to work at uh, Data's terminal. Still glitching, though. Next thing you know, they're at warp 9.1. They say, why are we at warp 9.1? And then the warp's like, are we in a course correction? And then they say, set by whom, Riker says. Uh, and Wesley goes, it wasn't me. I swear, I swear it wasn't me. Uh, and Picard goes, what's happening? And Riker goes, Data, what's happening? 
And that's when Wesley says that we're at 9.3. And Jordy goes, this isn't good, Captain. Who's in charge? Uh, you know, we were still realigning the engines. Uh, should, that's what Jordy says. So we shouldn't be going so fast. Uh, uh, glitch 9.1. Then it's there at 9.3. They're like, Data, WTF, what are you doing? Uh, and then alert goes out that says, uh, hey, there's uh, uh, stuff on the um, bridge. you got to exit the bridge, all humans, uh, mammals. And they must have the drills because they go, everybody to uh, turbo lifts 2, 3, and 4. Uh, but they don't know data's glitching, so they leave data behind. And uh, they just transfer helm to engineering, Jordy. Uh, Picard says, reassembling engineering. Data stays behind, and then Data starts hacking the computer right away. Shady hacking, I put. Uh, and they say, can't stop, four force fields. They say, Data, what are you, what, Data's up to what? And they can't control, the, the rest of the Enterprise crew can't, can't control the ship. Uh, everything's locked out. And then they say, Data, can you hear me? Uh, data, Lieutenant Commander, uh, and then Data really starts hacking the ship. He does the Alpha 1 uh, data, computer recognized data, Lieutenant Commander, Alpha 1 clearance. Uh, and it says turn off, you know, all subspace communication because I'm going to be up to some real shady stuff now. And then we're down in engineering. Everybody says, uh, let's separate the saucer then. We don't know what's going on with data, but we should, if we separate the saucer, we should get control back. And then we'll go back and get the saucer with data on it and fix everything. Meanwhile, data's hacking it as Picard. He says, uh, recognize Picard, John Luke, Alpha 2 clearance, uh, priority clearance Alpha 2. Uh, cancel everything. I'm in charge. And no one knows what to do. Uh, oh, dear. That's what they say. J Oh, J-14 Baker. That's something. They said, is that another Sherlock Holmesian reference? Uh, Oh, Riker and Worf are trying to take the Jeffries tubes to sneak in on data. They say, Jesus, he reinverted the environmental control sequencer. And I say, what? Uh, data's in the big chair. Turns off the site-to-site transporter. Somebody tries to do that. And, uh, and, or they try to do that. Data has other plans. And data puts force fields up so nobody can get anywhere. Then we have Beverly talking to the kids about the downsides of April Fool's Day. Yeah, the kid that was uh, trick-or-treated, and then she says, take a deep breath and drink the water. And I think this is when Troy's trying to get him to apologize to his brother. And, you know, they're trying to get there, too. Uh, what kind of uh, something can Dr. Crusher... What kind of something can Dr. Crusher and then rub to see the kid's hair? Let's see. Let's see what he says. Uh, well, I don't like getting, she says, take a deep breath. Uh, have you been drinking all the water? Yep. And she says, well, it's going to take us a little while to be there. So get your spirit up. Uh, what kind of Geraldine, grenadine can? Uh, Dr. Crusher rubs hair, so I don't know what that means. Then data cements over ride-sharing site-to-site. Uh, then he starts, well, he can't go site-to-site, so then he has to walk. So he says, uh, uh, he says, prepare to activate Cascade force field sequence uh, following progression. And they're still trying to, in engineering, they say, we can't get control, we're stuck. Uh O'Brien says data's up to something. He's moving. Uh, they can't even use the computers for simple math. They say, you know, computer, what's 4 plus 8 times 50? And the computer says, you can't, I'm not authorized to do math for you. Uh, then data puts in this code as Picard 17346732147617. Uh, Charlie or Chanto. Three two seven eight nine seven 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 six four three Tango seven three two Victor seven three one one seven eight 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 seven three two four seven six seven eight nine 
764-376-LOCK. Uh, A lot of sevens in there. And then data is in route. Uh, force fields are being used to, to keep everybody from catching up with data. Oh, I didn't look this up. I said, how do you know the aft from the port on a starship? I mean, I don't know it on my own body. Uh, then data reaches a transporter room. And Riker and O'Brien are waiting there. Uh, but data's, data move, moves one field out. Uh, data has them force fielded. Uh, they try to bust him, but he says uh, he unlocks the... He has them force fielded and does a site-to-site transport. It goes to a jungle-type planet. Looks like there's a science lab on there. And there's a bunch of Tesla coil stuff uh, in the uh, science lab. Uh, uh, Orgator balls and beakers. Uh, I don't know what that meant. Uh, maybe origami balls and be- there's beakers, of course, as there are in all science labs. Plant parts, carvings, uh, and then this the ho- holy uh, spiner. This is a give-me-a-load-of-spiner episode. So we get a lot of Brent Spiner uh, starting now as an older person in a Yoda-like role. Uh, He said, that looks like a familiar figure. It's Brent Spiner, that's why. He puts a screwdriver in Data's mouth, says, let me do some screwdriving around uh, inside your mouth and tune you up. And then confident... Careful data, something, something about an exosuit too, or there was an exosuit in the room somewhere, which I said that's interesting. Oh, uh, this is confused data, and then he says, "Holy Yoda!" Uh, then he tries to call the Enterprise. He's like, "I can't call the uh, Enterprise." Uh, and they say we've got a block diffu block diffuser aversion or something. Or maybe those are things I saw, like a diffuser, a block-like diffuser, uh, something that starts with an A, some weird rock, uh, uh, something to check in counter cloud. Uh, then he checks data's vision, and uh, it places look more like a part, part lab, part museum, part toy shop. Then Data says, are you, uh, are you, uh, who are you? Were you the one, uh, also there's a chalkboard with a theory on it. They didn't investigate that either. They talk about the crystine, crystalline, crystalline entity. Because he says, are you my father figure? Uh, I thought the crystalline entity took you to, uh, another place. Uh, Data... Uh, he's, he's totally, he's amazed. He goes, is it real you? Uh, then Jordy finds a clue or not, uh, uh, because they said, that's what I wrote. Uh, Jordy finds a clue or not. Got me on Britta. But let me see, cause it's coming up here. What, uh, what I see in the thing. Uh, Date is amazed. He says, uh, Dr. Noonien Sung. Uh, I believe, I presume. He goes, no, Watson, it's Holmes. Uh, yeah, Data's trying to, the exosuit's behind Data. Data's trying to call him, checking Data's thing. He goes, there's also, oh, there's a rock spinner. Maybe that was one of the things I couldn't read. Like a rock clock. Oh, he's the one that says, do I look familiar to you? Like you're me with a ton of makeup on. Really good acting, by the way, by Brent Spiner. Yeah, there's a little bit of a museum atmosphere. He goes, this is your lucky day, Data. Uh, he goes, you found uh, your long-lost father. He goes, what do you think about that? Data goes, does not compute. Uh, he goes, I, I always had a way out, Data. Okay, so Jordy says, Captain, there's a, what about the quarantine field in the, the med units? Uh he goes, that's still running. Maybe we could uh, use that for something or use its power. Divert the field energy, he says, uh, to use it to cancel the force field protecting the bridge. And Picard says, well, let's see what we can do. 
Uh, then we see the kid, one of the two brothers. Uh, he has on a double turtleneck. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Uh, they say, don't raise your arm. Oh, the Groucho, that was a joke from Groucho Marx uh, that Beverly shares. Like, uh, if you're, it bothers me when I raise my arm. And it says, don't raise your arm. Uh, General Green, best, best, uh, oh, great bedside manner, I think, yeah. Because uh, she says, don't something, oh, don't stand up. And, and, and it's kind of hard to stand up for the kid is anyway. Yeah, she has a good bedside manner. She needs a dash. They do need a dash of Troy in there, though. It then Worf makes it to the bridge, but he doesn't have Alpha 2 clearance uh, to, to, to do anything. And they say she's really, really off course. Uh, and the security code is like 8,000 numbers. Uh, Jordy was afraid that uh, something like that would happen. And then the sensors are operative. Uh, Human, oh, they see that there's a base down there, that there's a human. Then they see there's something else flying in, a double question mark. Uh, then we go back to Data, who's rubbing his tummy and patting his head at the same si- same time. Something about old Tom Hardy, not the actor, double question mark. Uh, he's whistling. Uh, then, uh, trimming plants, uh, oh, the doctors, or doctors' unions, uh, Dr. Soong is, uh, trimming plants. He's still in Yoda mode saying, plants trim, I, you know, I am. Uh, he has a play T-Rex that he sets inside of a physical, uh, bones of a T-Rex, uh, and he says, why the heck did you join? I thought you were going to be a scientist like me. Why did you join Starfleet? Uh, uh, some some Lake Enterprise. I don't know what that means. Uh, what a choice. What choice. Oh, the, the, I love Data. He says, uh, so I could use him. Uh, what choice of vocation would have pleased you? Met with your approval. And he said, oh, you wanted me to follow in your footsteps, as it were. And then Data says, uh, why'd you create me anyway? You know, uh, uh, what do you think? Uh, let's see, Sung saying, you, you were quite a celebrity in cybernetic circles. Uh, why Starfleet? Uh, and Data answers, uh, sir. Uh, he goes, well, I gave you the ability uh, to do whatever you wanted. Why would you choose that? Uh yeah, typical patriarch. Uh, and they said, well, Starfleet officers were the ones that came and got me. And uh, Sung says, oh, so you wanted to, uh, with Stockholm Syndrome, how disappointing. Uh, but Data totally without, uh, he says, yeah, well, what would have made you happy, dude? And that's what he says, following my footsteps, uh, become a scientist, uh, get straight A's, uh, you know, make me happy to follow in your footsteps, as the word Data says. And he says, I see nothing wrong with that. And then Data says, can I ask you a question? What the heck? Uh, why'd you create me? Why don't I get any feelings? Uh, and Sung says, uh, let's see, the old scriptures in the marble quote. Uh, you know that one. Oh, no, yeah, the old sculptures in the marble quote. uh he goes, why does it, you know, why does a painter paint? Why does a dancer dance? Uh, well, because you could see the sculptures in the marble. That's what Michelangelo used to say. I did it because I could, you know, my need to try. Why do, and then Data says, why do humans love all the, the silly old stuff? Uh, like antiques, uh, Nuvian, I don't know what that was. Uh, uh, this old town, this old house type stuff. Uh, Something about a shrine to be cherished. Why a tie to the past? Uh, why that? Uh, uh, mortal sense of continuity uh, that gives life's meaning, you know? And I said, Jesus, does it only run backwards or forwards? You know, like procreation. And did human to children give humans immortality? Uh, then he gives Data a face pat and the hone rolls in. Oh, lore, hone. It looked like hone, but it's lore. 
roll, roll, lore rolls in in boots, uh, in a, if, at least to me, because it's my first sighting of lore and a totally odd outfit. And it's like a family reunion time. And so then uh, Soong starts working on Lore's mouth. Uh, and he says, a maniacal android. Uh, and then Data, we see that Data's kind of like, like he says, uh, tattling. He's trying to tattle on his brother. He says, you know, Lore's total, uh, totally trouble. Uh, and he was aligned with the crystalline entity. Gained its favor and took you out, Papa. And he said to us, dated a shush, not to tell on his brother. He gets the lore activated. And this is my favorite part of the episode is uh, Spiner's lore. Because the lore kind of jumps up. Uh, soon kind of says, calm down, buddy. Lore gets this wild smile. He goes, Papa, you're still alive. This is at 28 minutes when he's really shining, really worth watching. Uh, and he even gives a little snarl and a sour face. Uh, says, thanks to you, dear brother. Uh, something. He goes, thanks for nothing, you know. No att- attentive something. Uh, no affirmative. Uh, he goes, I tried to get data back here, not you. But he goes, you must have the home- same homing signal. I didn't even know you were put together. And Laura says, you know, I'm going to hit the road and leave you with your beloved son. He goes, you know, it's just hanging out in space solo. And then a pack-led trade ship picked me up. Uh, oh, and Data says, I have no alternative. Uh, Laura was through the Enterprise. And Lord said, you know, that's what he says. Laura says, I'm a third wheel. He goes, I'm headed out. uh Somewhere, I don't know, too big is what I put, but that's probably not what he said. And the guy says, uh, well, if you got any questions, uh, Laura goes into the dentist. Uh, you look fine. I don't know what that means. Uh, oh, but he says, uh, oh, I got to go to the dentist. And Laura goes, your teeth look great. Uh, and then we go back to Enterprise. Worf's... Uh, Lays out with deny, detail, lays out with detail. Uh, he says, we can't get the code. Uh, can't pretend we're data, so we don't know what to uh, do. Uh, then we get back to Lore, who's in a bad mood. Uh, of course, you know, typical. And uh, let's see, typical, I'm headed to Big Oh, he says, hey, I'm headed to Big Farm, Lore. Then I still say, oh, Lord goes into denial. That's not what goes to the dentist. Uh, you look fine. Uh, so that was, I just had to figure that out. But then Lord's annoyed. Uh, wait, 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 you had to do what you had to do. He goes, uh, just because I was malfunctioning, you had to take me apart. Uh, and they say, well, geez, uh, everybody was envious of Lord because he was so human. And they said, not everyone. He says, the Lord told me that you wanted to replace him with a less perfect android. Is that true, Papa? I'm a less perfect android? And he goes, you two are identical except for uh, a little programming, a.k.a. emotions. Uh, Lord spins the dentist chair around. Oh, that's when we see the laser and uh, something wheel. Uh, laser and something wheel. He, he says, am I less per- oh, perfect in lore? There's also a Tesla coil that looks like a, uh, a pencil in the background. Uh, I'm not less perfect than lore data states. Uh, lore says, why don't you just fix me up uh, instead of uh, taking me apart? Just give me less emotions or something. And at some point, Laura sits down and sulks. Uh, he sits down on a stock or something and sulks. Uh, uh, but I like Laura's nuances entangled. I am not less perfect than Laura. I am not less perfect than Laura. And he says, both of you sit down. And Soong says that. He's, he says, come on, let's work this out. Laura's kind of wearing moving blankets the more I look at him. 
He sits on a stool that must, and, and sulks. Uh, and Soong says, geez, I really wished I were programmed you both correctly. Uh, he goes, you, Laura, you were, uh, you, you were beyond nuance. Your emotions were, uh, too complex, but they turned and twisted, became entangled with ambition. And he goes, I didn't know you were sitting out there waiting for me. And he goes, I didn't know I could bring you back. It was, you know, mistake, simple mistake. Uh, and he goes, I knew data worked, uh, and he goes, right now, I have an emotion chip, uh, and, uh, bird's house. Well, there's also a birdhouse over Data's shoulder. And the doctor's going to build a little birdhouse in his soul, not to put too fine a pine on it. But he has this emotion thing, simple emotions, nothing too complex. Something taming light, Lorcan, 3450. Oh, this is good stuff. He says uh, something. Lore can relate to feelings. Uh, Lore can relate to, to Data, who says to his brother, feelings can do funny things. Uh, you might even uh, learn to understand uh, your brother. Uh, I forgive you. I'm happy for you. And Data says, I question your sincerity. And, uh, of course, Papa's got to get involved because you might be more trusting of your brother uh, uh, if you uh, had some feelings. Uh, right to be bitter. Uh, somebody says, if only there was time for you, Lore. Uh, you'll learn to be more trusting, Data. Your brother had good reason to be bitter. Uh, well, that's what Sung says. Uh, and Data st still wants to go by the book. Uh he says, you know, Lord didn't give the chance you and I had uh, to, to get to make all his choices, but now he understands why I did it. If only there was more time. He goes, with simple, he goes this is a simple procedure, but uh, I got to take a nap. Uh, uh, so I tried for a smarmy smile, something. So tired. Uh, Lord gives a smarmy smile, I think, uh, let me see. I'm watching it here. As Papa goes to bed. And, you know, see, here we go. Yeah, R R Laura's up to something. He says, oh, don't worry, dear brother. Uh, there's episode eight. Then we're back. Riker's in some sort of recall loop with Jordy and Worf. Where they can pretend they're dating and transport out. Uh, Dad's working on giving data the emo chip. Uh. And uh, Data wakes up and he sings this song. Uh, he's like laughing. He's beside himself. The sons of the prophet are valiant and bold. And quite unaccustomed to fear. But of all the most reckless or so I am told. Was uh, Abdul Abul Amir. And Data's really over the top. He goes, uh, I love that tune. Uh, thank you, Father. Uh, he goes, uh, Father? He goes, what would I prove you call you? Often wrong? He goes, uh, how'd you learn about often wrong? Lord tell you about that? He goes, that's what the colonists called you. Often wrong soon. Often wrong soon. He goes, it doesn't rhyme the way I'd like it to be. And Soong says, you're, 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 you're uh, acting weird. Then Data says, Soong has a bad heart. He can't tell his boys apart. And we realize, oh, no, it's lore. He says, well, 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 well. And lore starts strutting around. And then Soong says, where's Data? Uh, and he says, he has his chapsticks on drum. Uh, sickles, nice try. Well, he picks up a drumstick uh, and starts walking around, or a chopstick. He gets some chopsticks, uh, and he goes, uh, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but I'm doing something. Or no, that's what he says about the chip. He goes, how are you feeling? He goes, I don't know, but uh, it's doing something. And he goes, it's definitely over the top, whatever it is. And then Laura says, I got to hit the road. He opens up his thumb. He has a transporter button right on his thumb. 
after he gives his father a head start to the big farm. Uh, then we see Worf, uh, Riker, and Geordi arrive at the station. And they come in, they find uh, Soong. Uh, seems like he's in uh, Soong City. That's what I put. I don't know what that means. Uh, Worf picks up Data, cradles him. Right? Data was in the back sleeping. Riker's like, WTF, Data? What in the heck is going on? And Data goes, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Did something happen? He goes, yeah, you totally messed up everything. And Data goes, I don't recall that. Uh, and Dr. Soong is about to go out. He goes, you know, activate memory chip 45517. And he says, I couldn't tell you apart, so I gave the chip to... Uh, and then Riker says, damn it, Data. And then they say, lore. And then Data gives too much exposition. He goes, we got to go, man. Uh, oh, then he says, check your third nested memory file, 5155. Uh, he goes, uh, sorry, I didn't know. Uh, and they go, Data, we got to roll. Because oh, Data, Data says, sorry, I didn't know I messed everything up. Uh, he goes, I got to say goodbye to the Dr. Soong before he goes to the big farm. I was unaware of causing an inconvenience. And uh, so Data says goodbye. Uh, alone with a WTF look. Uh, he says, everybody's got to go to the big farm at some point, Data. Eventually. Well, almost everybody. And Data says, well, do you believe we're in the like in some way, sir? Because then you'll, you know, live on through me in many ways, he says. And uh, he goes, and it's okay uh, for you to go to the big farm because I'll be here living. L-I-V-I-N. And then soon touches Data's face uh, like a papa. And he goes, I can't grieve for you, by the way. Not in my systems. Uh, maybe in that chip the Lord took. Uh, and he goes, you will in your own way. Data says, goodbye, father. Uh, then uh, he says, goodbye, Data. And that's it. Data gives a WTF look. Uh, Data says, goodbye, father. Second. Where's the WTF look? I'm waiting for that. Maybe I missed it. Uh, then we're back, you know, Captain's Log, Picard and Crusher uh, talk, and the boys are playing. Uh, they're playing Dino Runaround, where one of them runs around, uh, and they say, you know what happens with brothers? Brothers forgive. Uh, yeah, that's how it works out. Uh and they played, and then the, after she says that, there's a close-up of Data's face, uh, like, dun-dun-dun. I've never played robot or uh, dino run around with my brother. And it was a gift from Data. I didn't realize that until just now. So he must have taken him from his dad's place. They're dino toys that were his dad's. And, yeah, there you go. It's a big zoom into Data. Brothers forgive. bum bum bum. And then to run through some facts, there's I'm an outer jug band uh, song, Brothers. Uh, it goes, how much alike are we? Perhaps we're long-lost brothers. We even think the same. You know, there may be others. We can always use a friend. This family keeps on growing. This family doesn't have to end. Brothers, brothers. Uh, so many things to learn, but we'll enjoy each lesson. Problems don't worry us when half the fun is guessing. Live a lifetime of surprise. We'll all become musicians and leave wonder in their eyes. Uh, brothers, brothers. Uh, so that's from Emmett Otter's Jug Band, Christmas uh, song, Brothers. Uh, then there's an article by Chris Higgins from December tw September 20th, 2015, Mental Floss, uh, How to Start Eight's Work. And we hear a lot, uh, uh, Captain Picard's birthday, by the way, is uh, 47457.1. Uh, the weird thing is that that is either the equivalent of June 16th, November 4th, January 8th, or January 10th, uh, depending on how you count. In the original, it says, according to this article, they weren't real. Uh, they were basically winging it, pitching any combination of four numbers plus a percentage point. Uh, 
to use it as a star data, and they weren't thought up very well, but then they were too deep. Uh, so, uh, they, you know, they, it was a moving train, you know, laying down the things. Uh, and they said, oh, you know, velocity and time travel. Uh, that, that. But in Next Generation, things were more consistent. Uh, the showrunners devised a sensible formula with a reasonable level of continuity. It's a five-digit number followed by a decimal point and one more digit. Uh, the first two digits are always 41. The four stands for the 24th century, and the one indicates the first season. Uh, the additional three leading digits will progress unevenly during the course of the season uh, from 000 to 999, uh, kind of like a day counter. Oh, no, the digit following the decimal point is a day counter. Uh, it's interesting, though, the season is uh, a thousand days. Uh, it's a good thing they were on a continuing mission rather than a five-year one. And it, 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 Deep Space Nine and Voyager continued using it, uh, and movie Star Trek Nemesis also used it. And sometimes they goof, like when Tasha Yar went to uh, the big farm, it was uh, 41601.3. But in an earlier episode, uh, she was around at 41,997.7. Yeah, by 92, the rules were ironclad. Uh, Five-digit number, decimal point, and one more digit. Uh, first two digits of star date are 46. So four stands for 24th century, six, the sixth season. And the following three digits will progress consecutively during the course of the season. And the digit is uh, counts tenths of a day. Uh, so uh, 0.4 would be the noon hour. Uh, so uh, a little bit more about it. Uh, and I think J.J. Abrams even used it, but uh, that's, that's a deep enough dive. Uh, what about the game Laser Tag? They played in the future, and they played it in the past, even in the long past of my life. Uh, it's been a while since I played it, but it's can be fun to play when you're, uh, it started in the seventies, uh, for practice, uh, using lasers, lasers and, uh, infrared lights. Uh, they were first used as Star Trek, uh, merch in 1979. And then in 82, George Carter III had an arena based system for scoring a, a game uh, and that was the Photon Center in Dallas, Texas. It opened in uh, March 28th, uh, 1984. Uh, and then in 86 was when the first Photon Toys and, and Lasertag Toys hit from two competing companies. Lasertag also made, uh, was from Worlds of Wonder that made a Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, and they only stayed in business until 88. And then Photon went out of business in 89 as the fad of the games wore off. But there's still at arcades and stuff, places you can play uh, uh, laser tag, indoors and outdoors. Uh, it could be a fun game. Like, it's like hide-and-seek, uh, but you don't have to tag the people. So it's, yeah, la tagging with lasers. Uh, now, how about force fields? Uh, this is over at Memory Alpha Wiki. It's an energy barrier uh, with applications and varying degrees of strength. Uh They'd been used in for in use for many years, but Star Trek and Starfleet didn't start it until twenty one forty seven. Is a stable EM barrier, Malcolm Reed said. In twenty one fifty two, they had, still hadn't found a method for controlling the particle density. Yeah, but they use it sometimes uh, in Star Trek Enterprise by twenty fourth century. They were commonplace and rated by intensity from one to ten. Level 10 was the strongest, uh, you know, it could protect you from most, almost everything. Like, uh, pretty, you know, even creating, that's how they create the holograms, I guess, uh, or even protect breaches in the halls. Uh, the effect of a force field on surroundings varies greatly. Uh, you know, contact could not always feel so great, uh, but most weren't too much trouble. Uh, if it was active, uh, a, a object or a transporter beam couldn't pass through it, though not always the case. Uh, 
Borg, they couldn't slow the Borg down. Uh, let's see. Uh, Borg, but a Borg drone could be cut off from the collective uh, by a level 10 shield. Uh, they could be activated from various locations on starships, ships, servers, emitter points at every junction along every corridor. And they could run a cascade thing like Data Ran. Uh, let's see. They could uh, scan a series of force field activations based on movement. Uh, and you don't want to get stuck in the middle of one, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. It would just uh, not be great. Uh, uh, so there's a little bit about it, and nothing too much about the tech. Uh, you know, there's containment fields, uh, structural fields. I guess there's a lot more about it, but uh, it's just kind of a brief overview uh, about force fields. Uh, how about our friend Brent Spiner, who really uh, did a wonderful job. Uh, born in uh, February 2nd, 49. Uh, I was in the four subsequent films. Won the Saturn Award for Best Actor uh, for his patrol, uh, Patrol's Data and uh, First Contact. Uh, also was in, uh, in the same category for his role in Independence Day. Uh, he was born in Houston, Texas. Uh, uh, went to Bel Air High, University of Houston. Uh, started in uh, Off-Broadway in the 70s uh, and in Broadway. Three Musketeers, Sunday in the Park with George, Stardust Memories. Uh, he was in a sh- the sh- second season episode of uh, The Paper Chase, the TV show. Uh, he was also on Night Court as Bob Wheeler, patriarch of a rural family. Uh, he was in a revival of Twilight Zone, Mama's Family, Rent Control, Cheers. Uh, in 87, he started his 15-year run portraying Lieutenant Commander Data. Uh, he appeared in all of the series uh, of about 178 episodes. Uh, he wasn't in Family. He reprised his role in uh, spin-off films as Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, Nemesis. Uh, although billed as the final T- Star Trek movie for the TNG cast, uh, it's possible he could return. Uh, he likes uh, childlike innocence. Uh, that... Uh, Let's see, in addition to films, uh, he's voiced in video games. In 91, uh, Spiner recorded an album of 1940s pop uh, standards called Old Yellow Eyes is Back. Uh, uh, and returned to, he also returned to Broadway in 97, playing John Adams in uh, 1776, uh, nominated for a Tony Award. He's appeared on tons of series, TV series, movies, uh, uh, including introducing Dorothy Dandridge. Uh, let's see. He also, uh, 2004, returned to play uh, Dr. Soong. Uh, oh, uh, Arik Soong, uh, uh, ancestor of Data's creator, Noonien Soong, uh, in a three-episode arc of uh, Enterprise. Uh, he, uh, let's see, he guest starred on Friends, uh, was on a TV show, a short-lived TV show called Threshold, uh, it was, uh, in the 10th season of Frasier, so he, he really, I mean, has a, a wide career, uh, beloved, beloved, and wonderful actor, I mean, that's really, only, the show really relied on him to pull that off. And then Groucho Marx, uh, who lived from October 1890 to 1977, uh, made 13 feature films with the siblings and Mark Brothers. He was the third, third, third uh, in the birth order. Uh, he was also on You Bet Your Life. Uh, he had a dis- you know, his, it brought his uh, distinctive appearance from vaudeville with his eyebrows, his mustache, his cigar, and his glasses. Uh, he was born in Manhattan, uh, above a butcher shop at Lexington III. And let's see, what else? Uh, 
uh, let's see, try to do entry level office work. Um, uh, let's see when they started. Uh, Marx claimed that he was hopelessly average as a vaudevillian, but this was typical of Marx, wisecracking in his true form. Uh, by 1907, many Marx had assembled their sons into an undistinguished vaudeville singing troupe known as the Four Nightingales. And uh, Julius and Milton, a.k.a. Gummo, and Arthur, uh, and uh, Lou... Uh, they didn't. They didn't do good, and they uh, then they started just joking on stage, and it turned out they were funnier, better singers, better jokers than singers. Uh, Groucho made twenty six movies, thirteen of those with his brothers Chico and Harpo. He was a wisecracking hustler with his uh, distinctive chicken walking lope. Uh, his mustache and all those things. Uh, the first movie was in 1921, never released a silent film. Uh, they made uh, bro- their Broadway hits, the uh, Coconuts and Animal Crackers, into movies. Those were originally Broadway shows. Also, Monkey Business, uh, Horse Feathers, Duck Soup, and A Night at the Opera. Uh, Marx was also a radio comedian and show host. Uh, a short-lived series of flywheel, five flywheel shyster and fly, flywheel, uh, co-starring his brother Chico. Uh, those were, were all lost, so all the scripts and uh, recordings. Uh, but one is in uh, Library of Congress. Started the "You Bet Your Life" on uh, 1947 on radio. Uh, then it moved to TV in 1950. Filmed for a live studio audience. Uh, he also did a gr- lot of well-known songs from movies and shows, uh, and uh, I don't know, just uh, just uh, because it had come up in the episode. Uh, he was friends with rock star Alice Cooper and Dick Cavett, uh, also Elton John, uh, but he insists on calling him John Elton. Uh, so it's just a little bit about Groucho Marx. I thought it was interesting. And then finally, Nuvian came up, which is a race of humanoids with 12 fingers on each hand. And, uh, oh, they were uh, registered masseuses on Risa, uh, which would be good. You'd get a massage from someone with 24 fingers would work uh, pretty well. Uh, so that's it. Uh, just imagine getting a 24-finger massage uh, as you drift off uh, uh, to Dreamland. Good night. I want to thank our latest uh, patrons, Grant, Constance, and Pamela. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Carrie, Megan, and E. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Rebecca, Emma, and Kate. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Laura, Amy, and Kevin. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Rachel, AJ, and Super Double. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Annie, uh, Greg, and Jennifer. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Debbie, Shira, and Elizabeth, thank you, thanks, and good night. Jer TV, Jared, and Caleb, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Brett, Katiana, and Brendan, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Melisandra, uh, Shibin, and Kation, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Constance, uh, Sawyer, and Alistair, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Heather, Christine, and Mary, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Buddy, Christina, and Mallory, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Steersworn, uh, Salen, and Shannon, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Kenneth, uh, Lusnak, uh, and Tammy, thank you, thanks, and good night. Greg, Linda, and Hannah, thank you, thanks, and good night. Uh, Nathan, Jennifer, and Ann, thanks, thanks, and good night. Hannah, Kathleen, and Mark, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Helene, Sam, and Hannah, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Gail, Kelly, and Audrey, thanks, thanks, and good night. Nessie, Bertha, and Cassandra, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Katrina, Andrew, and Megan, thanks, thanks, and good night. Kelly, Gail, and the Lane family, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Eleanor, 
Sally and Walter, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Lindsay P., Lindsay P., and Donald, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Alice, Grace, and Kim, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Thalia, Benjamin, and Heidi, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Carly, Sab, and Shane, thanks, thanks, and good night. Julie, Steve, and Aaron, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Blair, Allison, and Jade, thanks, thanks, and good night. Lauren, Emily, and Michael, thanks, thanks, and good night. Nicole W., uh, Nicole K., and Valerie, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Ellen, Kelly, and Evan, thanks, thanks, and good night. Jason, Lorraine, and Mary uh, E., thanks, thanks, and good night. Rebecca, Katie, and Fiona, thanks, thanks, and good night. Amy, Tony, and Beth, uh, thanks, thanks, and good night. And uh, Jennifer, Tanya, and Nunn, uh, thank you, thanks, 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 uh, good night. Thanks everybody for supporting the show on Patreon. If you want to do so, you can go sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. Sleep With Me is a proud member of Night Vale Presents and PRX. You can check out all the amazing shows over at nightvalepresents.com or prx.org. Thanks, thanks, and good night.